is our central verse for tonight from Romans 8, 11, which says that the Spirit of God that raised Jesus from the grave lives in us. The Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the grave lives in you tonight. Isn't that an incredible truth? And it's our prayer tonight that as we worship, as we celebrate, it's our prayer along with the Apostle Paul from Ephesians 1 verse 19. He said that he prays that you would understand the incredible greatness of God's power. And he says there again, it's that same mighty power that raised Jesus from the dead. Not only just raised Jesus from the dead, but also raised Jesus to be at the right hand of the Father in the heavenly realms. So tonight, I'm going to be sharing with you three short thoughts. So not one long message, you might be pleased to know. I'm going to be sharing three short thoughts with you, looking at three specific ways that this amazing truth from this verse, this same mighty power, that this amazing truth outworks itself in your life in the 21st century. So, number one, first thought, if you're taking notes, it's same power, eternal life. A few years ago, and I've not shared this story publicly before, but a few years ago, I was at home, I'd had a really normal day, nothing out of the ordinary had happened, I felt fine. I went to bed as normal through my routine, as you do, right? We've all got our routines, haven't we? We do things in a set order. Well, I do anyway. I'm like that. I know exactly what I'm doing at the right time, etc., etc. And I'd gone to bed. But I woke up in the middle of the night, and I noticed something was wrong with my breathing. And so, as you do, you... you Turn to the left, don't you? You're not getting out of bed, are you? You're not making a big deal out of it. And you lie on your back and, and then you turn on your other side, don't you? To try and just get, alleviate the pressure. But there was pressure pressing on my chest. And I was struggling to breathe. And I'd never experienced anything like this before. And so I decided, right, enough's enough. I need to get out of bed here. So I get out of bed, sort of stagger down the uh, hallway along the banister and tap on my sister's room. She was back at that point and stagger into my parents' room and kind of awake them a bit alarmed because at this point, I'm struggling to breathe. And so then I just have to fall on my knees because I couldn't stand. And I just said to my sister, pray, pray. That's all I could say, pray. And so she starts praying over me. And then within a few minutes, I couldn't even stay on my knees. So I had to lie on my back. And in that moment, I felt the pressure in my chest getting so tight. It was as if a spear was pressing in the middle of my chest. And I was losing oxygen fast. And it was a scary moment. All I could say was the name Jesus. Everything else had faded away. Material things, family. All I could say was the name of Jesus. And by that point, my mum's on the phone, did 999, but kind of I'm like, no, 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 you know, I'll be fine. And then within minutes, the pressure started to alleviate and it, and it started to go. But that encounter, that incident, it hit me and it made me start to think about the next life. I've never had a moment like that before. Maybe some of you have before. 
But when you think of eternal life, we often think of the next life, right? Would I be right in saying that? But have you ever considered that eternal life actually starts now? It says in the book of 1 John, exactly that, that when you become a Christian, when you give your life to Jesus, when you get born again, as we use it in church language, you actually begin eternal life. So that means that you having the same power that rose Jesus from the dead actually means that you have eternal life now, not just one day in the future. Yet there's a war going on each, within each one of us. There's a battle between faith and fear. And there's so many fears that come against us. Like chains. And, and they come on us. The fear of death, for example. Maybe you have the fear of death tonight. Maybe there's other things that you're afraid of in your life. Maybe you have the fear of uncertainty in terms of next steps about your future. And these chains begin to wrap around us. They begin to weigh on us. And as I was thinking about this, how much of our lives do we spend living in fear? Which, have you ever heard the acronym, false evidence appearing real? Isn't that so true? And this is a journey I've gone on in the past six to nine months. It's just looking at what fears I have in my life. Let me give you an everyday example. Imagine you're on your phone and you get six missed calls from family members. What happens in your mind? Am I right? Worst case scenario, you're trying to, oh my goodness, what's happened to somebody? And we start to panic. We start to fear. And this is remarkable because actually God says that we're made to be righteous and we're made to have a righteous consciousness. Not fear. We're not supposed to walk around in fear, but we're supposed to walk around in faith. But the good news tonight is that our mortal bodies, our mortal minds are no longer bound because they often govern our decisions based on fear of the finite. But when we start to see through the lens of eternity and faith, it begins to transform our perspective. Can you imagine what would happen if we made the decision each and every day to live with faith, to live with boldness, to live with that courage, to reject the fear and to step into faith, to live with eternity in mind. So how could knowing you have started living in eternity right now transform your everyday life? In 2 Corinthians 4, 18, it says this. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. Since what is seen is temporary, 
But what is unseen is eternal. It says in Romans 8, straight after our verse, Romans 8, 11, it says this in verses 12, and just reading a few verses. Therefore, dear brothers, brothers and sisters, you have no obligation to do what your sinful nature urges you to do. For if you live by its dictates, you will die. But if through the power of the Spirit, you put to death the deeds of your sinful nature, you will live. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. Can anything ever separate us from Christ's love? Does it mean he no longer loves us if we have trouble or calamity or we're being persecuted or we're hungry or we're thirsty or if we're in danger or if we're threatened with death? No. Despite all these things, come on, help me out now. Despite all these things, overwhelming victory is as through Christ who loved us. That's the Bible. I didn't just make that up. That's actually in there. Same power in us. That's number two. Same power in us. Have you ever had what we might call a dark night of the soul? One of those incidents. You've had a moment where everything around you is just caving in. And I've had more than I care to admit. Those moments where everything that you thought was sturdy isn't. That moment when you're on solid ground, but you feel like you're about to slip through a crack. You feel like your whole world is just falling apart. That's a dark night of the soul, isn't it? And I've had so many of those in my life. And maybe you became a Christian and you thought it's all going to be plain sailing. You thought you're going to give your life to Jesus and here on in it's going to be a, a walk in the park, as we might say, up north. But how many of us know that it's not quite like that, is it? Sadly, as much as we wish it was. When we're born again, when we give our life to Jesus, we begin eternal life as we've just discovered. But there's something else. We still battle with our flesh and with the devil. And, and while we know that we're called to live a holy life. And as this verse has just told us, we, we know that there's no obligation to live to sin. Yet at the same time, it can feel just so difficult to break free. It can feel like there's invisible chains holding us. And it feels like we're in a battle sometimes with ourselves, And it almost feels as if our body and our soul and our spirit are almost telling us different things. And there's something inside that's not quite right that we're, we're wrestling with in us. And you might say to me, Jason, 
I'm struggling tonight. I'm struggling inside of me with addictions. But maybe there's more than that. Maybe it's not just addictions. Maybe it's old mindsets. Maybe it's bad habits. Maybe it's negative thinking all the time. You fill in the blank. I want to cut to this chase straight away on this one. There's good news. As we've just been singing, you have the victory in Christ because it's for freedom that Christ came to set you free. And that's a promise and a truth. And did you know that a biblical truth has all of heaven backing it? A lie? It just has inferior demonic power backing it. But the problem is that when we believe a lie, when, when we get hold of it, when, when we start to believe it, we start to empower it. We start to give it authority. And what happens when you empower a lie? Who do you empower? You empower the liar. And it starts to become something that's just weighing on us that we just can't begin to shift. Yet with the same power in us, with the same power in you, there is absolutely nothing tonight that you can't overcome by God's grace. Addictions, old mindsets, negative ways of thinking, they all have to bow to the name of Jesus. If we're living in anything less than the freedom that he's bought for you on the cross, then you're cheapening it. Because he's paid such a high price for that freedom for you to live in. And then we go and we just, we get stuck in these chains in our life. 2 Peter 1, 3 and 4. Two incredible verses which tie really well say this. By his divine power, God has given us everything we need for living a godly life. So no excuses. We have received all of this by coming to know him. The one who called us to himself by means of his marvelous glory and excellence. And because of his glory and excellence, he has given us great and precious promises. These are the promises that enable you to share, to share his divine nature and escape the world's corruption caused by human desires. Same power, eternal life. Same power in us. Finally, third point for tonight. Same power through us. Same power through you tonight. 
same power through you. In other words, this same power. It's not just so that we're nice and comfortable and, yeah, we've got eternal life. We can tick that box and, and now we've got it in us. We can tick that box. But, but there's a next step. There's something more to it tonight. The same power that raised Jesus from the dead was given to you to flow through you to bless others. We've been blessed to be a blessing. The same power isn't just supposed to flow through certain people. The same power isn't just supposed to flow through Pastor Ian or through the other pastors here or the elders, the trustees. The same power is supposed to flow through each and every single person here tonight if you call yourself a Christian. And what I love, and I tell the young people this all the time, is that there's no junior Holy Spirit, right? I'm looking for someone young. Oh, Abigail, Daniel, who's listening to me intently, not distracted with something else over there. You have the same power as all us older ones. Isn't that amazing? I just think that is absolutely wonderful to remember. Yet there seems to be so many obstacles. And I think one in particular, one fear that I know I've had in my life, is fear of what people might think. Anybody else with me on that? That seems to me to be the greatest fear, stopping it flowing through me. Because I'm concerned. What about my reputation, Lord? What might people think if I step out in faith? Or maybe your fear of being unworthy. Maybe your fear of not being good enough to be used. These are all things that I've heard before and have wrestled with in my own life. Have you ever considered Peter in the story in Acts 3? Peter and his mate John are walking up to the temple and this guy stops them wanting money. And Peter has a choice in that moment. Is he going to go with faith or is he going to go with fear? Now, do you think tonight that we'd be talking about that situation if fear took over Peter? I mean, we might well be, but I think it's highly unlikely. I think we're talking about that story tonight because Peter stepped out in faith. And what happened? There was incredible transformation that took place in that very moment. And I too have been blessed in my own life to see God heal people through me. And it's such an incredible experience that's hard to put into words. Yet there's so many times in my own life that fear has overtaken. When I wish I would have stepped out in faith, when I've looked around and thought, actually, what, what are they going to think of me if I do that? And fear has gripped my heart. And living as a follower of Christ, before we know it, we can become like Lazarus. Not dead. You'll, you'll see where I'm going with this. 
Have you ever considered with the story of Lazarus in John 11? Lazarus was best buds with Jesus. We don't know where from or how or what they got on about with what they shared in common. The Bible doesn't give us that detail. What we do know is that Lazarus died. Jesus went, wept at the tomb. And what happens in that scene? We focus on Lazarus coming out of the tomb, which is great. But have you ever considered how he came out of the tomb? The stone is there. Jesus says, roll away the stone. And they say, no, 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 we can't do that. It's going to be an awful smell. The grave clothes are going to be stinking because there's like rotting flesh. And after, was it four days? It was going to smell bad. Jesus says, no, 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 don't worry about that. Roll away the stone. Lazarus comes out, but how does he come out? I'm reading that scripture as he has his grave clothes on. Lazarus is alive. He's been given new life. But he's still bound. Are you, have you caught up with me yet? You might have new life in Christ tonight, but maybe there's still things that are holding on to you. Maybe there's chains that are still around you. Jesus says to you tonight, it's time to take off the grave clothes. It's time to take off the chains that are holding you tonight. This is the climax tonight. I want to declare over each and every single person here tonight that fear of death has no hold on you. Fear of being unworthy, rejected, gone in Jesus' name. Fear of being stuck in the same situation, never moving on. Jesus' name. Fear of being alone forever. Gone. Just like that. Fear after fear after fear. You put your fear in the blank. All gone in Jesus' name. Because the Spirit of God who raised Christ from the dead lives in you.
So as the band prepare to take us into worship, I'm going to pray. Um, and then we're going to sing about this freedom. And tonight, we really believe that, yes, you can receive prayer ministry from somebody, and we'd love to pray for you. But actually, God can set you free where you are as we worship. Nobody needs to pray for you. Just as we worship, just give those things that you're struggling with over to God. And let's just celebrate our risen Lord and Savior tonight. So if you'd like to stand, I'm going to pray and then we're going to go into worship. Thank you, Lord, that you are the chain breaker, that you've called us to live in freedom. And Lord, we pray that tonight your spirit would come and work amongst us, that you would do what only you can do. Lord, it's, there's no condemnation, there's no shame or guilt. We know life just happens and we pick chips up on our shoulder and things just come our way. But Lord, we're giving it over to you tonight. And Lord, we're asking that you would come and help us to walk in a greater measure of freedom tonight. In Jesus' name, amen.